Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up. Sad to say they're all crazy, but something tells me you're probably not all that surprised given the news of the past 24 hours. Jim, we've already had the emergency break on the stock market today, which is also not a big surprise. Stocks sharply down again. Uh, last I checked here late morning, uh, the Dow was down around 8%. We're officially in bear market territory, and polls show that uh, Americans are more worried about the financial impact than the impact on their health. And Obviously, both are of concern. The president addressed the nation last night. This is uh, Martini number one. I think those of us who present were taken aback fairly early on by the presentation. The president seemed to rush it a little bit. There were times he seemed to uh, maybe not know where the sentence ended, uh, gulped a couple words. But the most important thing is the content, obviously. And the president had a lot of news in this speech. One of the biggest ones, of course, was the 30-day travel ban on Europe starting at the end of this week. Uh, So here is that clip, as well as what he said after it, which gets us into our real crazy martini, which is the president ended up saying several things in this speech, which had to be clarified because they weren't exactly true. To keep new cases from entering our shores, we will be suspending all travel from Europe to the United States for the next 30 days. The new rules will go into effect Friday at midnight. These restrictions will be adjusted subject to conditions on the ground. There will be exemptions for Americans who have undergone appropriate screenings. And these prohibitions will not only apply to the tremendous amount of trade and cargo, but various other things as we get approval. Anything coming from Europe to the United States is what we are discussing. These restrictions will also not apply to the United Kingdom. So there's a couple things in that one. First of all, he made it sound like there would be no cargo coming from Europe to the United States. The policy is is that cargo will still, in fact, come. And he also said, Jim, that there will be exemptions for Americans who have undergone appropriate screenings. But as you point out in today's uh, Morning Jolt, that's uh, not the case for folks coming from a lot of different countries in Europe. Uh, finally, he said uh, later on in the speech that he met with leaders of the health insurance industry, which is probably true. But he said they have agreed to waive all co-payments for coronavirus treatments. Uh, turns out that's only true about coronavirus testing, not treatments. Uh, they put out statements to clarify all this. Um, I don't know exactly what the impact of the, the flubs in the speech will be, but uh, it would have been good to get this right the first time. Yeah, none of this is reassuring. I suppose if you want to argue that the first example of him announcing something that wasn't accurate wasn't really wrong, he he makes two statements which seem to be, you know, one one seems very sweeping, and then he talks about the exemptions. We will be suspending all travel from Europe to the United States for the next 30 days. The new rules will go into effect Friday at midnight. Well, you know, basically, wow, all travel from Europe, that that would seem to mean everybody. A A few moments later, he says there will be exemptions for Americans who have undergone appropriate screenings. Well, if you're leaving exemptions for Americans, then you're not really meaning all travel. And then you look at the actual order from the Department of Homeland Security. It's the entry of foreign nationals. And by the way, it's not just people who are European citizens. It is if you have been in certain European citizens, basically all the EU countries. Uh, Now, the good news is if you're an American who's overseas, and apparently last night there was this mad rush to the airport as all Americans in Europe uh, who are on vacation or, or studying abroad or, or, you know, in the country for business or something, all did everything they could to get back as quickly as they could. 
know, U.S. citizens, their family members, legal permanent residents, and unspecified certain other individuals um, can come back, but they have to go through certain select airports. And at least as of when I wrote the jolt this morning, and I've not heard since then, uh, which airports those would be. I assume it would be all of our big international airports, your you know, LaGuardia's and JFK's, your Dulles, probably your Hartsfeld, O'Hare, you know, all, all the ones where you get a lot of direct flights from Europe. My guess is that's where it's going to be. But, you know, you're given an address on Wednesday night. The policy goes into effect Friday. It gives you a day to, to iron out all the details here. Oh, by the way, apparently most European leaders were given no warning of this whatsoever. And I think that is another. You, you probably don't want to start, you know, making these big sweeping policy changes on the fly. You want to get coordination and buy in from as many people as possible. The statement about a cargo, again, like he, he's not vague in what he says there. These prohibitions will not... I almost wonder if it was supposed to see these prohibitions will not apply to the amount of trade and cargo. I don't know what was on the teleprompter, but the president said these prohibitions will not only apply to the tremendous amount of trade and cargo, but various other things as we get approval. Now, about an hour later, the president goes on to Twitter and says trade will in no way be affected by the 30 day restriction of travel from Europe. The restriction stops people, not goods. The president should not have to jump onto social media an hour later and say, oh, what I just said, the policy is actually going to be the opposite of it. Um, and the third one, as you mentioned, was the leaders of health insurance industry. Correct. They, they said they would waive co-payments for coronavirus testing. Uh, and that's good. And, you know, for most people, that's the only expense related to coronavirus they're probably going to have. The bad news is some people are going to have treatment. That treatment could be very expensive. It's going to mean a trip to the ICU, et cetera. And Americans' health insurance plans have said no; they've not agreed to that. Uh, and and I just I, I'm I'm a little bit baffled as to how errors like this get into a speech being given from the Oval Office during the time of a global pandemic. This this is really piss poor staff work. I, I I suppose you could put some of this on the president. The president hired all these people, but the president, you know, I assume he's not fact checking what's being said in front of him. I assume he's been in the meeting. Uh, when they're formulating these policies and things like that. But uh, it is absolutely baffling that an Oval Office address could have three significant errors in describing what the government is going to do because pretty much the whole point of the Oval Office address. Um, the second thing that's jumping to mind, I, you know, just when you play that audio there, Greg, I wonder if the president has been tested. First of all, this was very low energy Trump. I, I Look, he's probably exhausted. This is probably the most stressful moment of his presidency. It could be just a routine, you know, cold or, or you know, under the weather uh, could be allergies, could be a whole bunch of things. But between uh, apparently the, the Brazilian president is being tested. One of his staffers was there. He met the Brazilian president a couple of days ago. Look, the president of the United States runs into lots of people all the time. I think attesting the president seems like a reasonable precaution at this moment. If the test comes back negative, nothing to worry about. If the test does not come back negative, then we've got to, you know, start taking care of this, uh, this pretty seriously. I, I, our, our plate is full. I don't want to deal with a sick president in the middle of all this stuff. So I hope everything's going uh, going to improve and turn around. But that was a really frustrating moment from the White House last night. Yeah, and obviously he's very busy. Uh, seems like uh, a couple of uh, run-throughs might have been good on that uh, presentation last night. You mentioned, Jim, uh, what you thought that his uh, lower energy might have meant. Uh, other folks thought it uh, meant a more somber tone, which is appropriate. In fact, one of the president's most unlikely defenders last night on cable news was his uh, 2016 rival, John Kasich, who is still no fan of Trump. 
But given that uh, Don Lemon was completely flying off the handle last night, uh, John Kasich came through as uh, what qualifies for the voice of reason on CNN. I'm trying to say to you, Don, we got to move down the road. Looking back doesn't get things fixed. We're not I'm looking not back. The president's why, address, why, why, the president's why, why address why, why, was tonight. That is the newest I I information with this, tonight will, is I the president's address. I think it was fine. That's what I think. You, you think, think the wrong, you think inaccurate information that you have to it was come back right and clarify tone. two or three times, you think that's fine? I, I, look, I thought he did fine. That's what I thought. I thought he had the right tone, and he no longer played around with, we're going to blame Democrats, or we're, forget this stuff. He, he's, I hope he's trying to move forward, because he understands the seriousness of this situation. Now, the fact that they clarify, it isn't unusual in a speech for somebody to, to clarify something, okay? Wow. Jim, John Kasich defending the president. Better mark that day down in history. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I haven't seen Don Lemon this upset since the black hole took in the Malaysian airliner. We've been complaining about partisanship and, and you know, shout fests on cable news for a long time right now. Um, one of the big issues that we've seen the last couple of days is calling it the Wuhan virus is racist and xenophobic. And, you know, the president referred to this as a foreign virus, like it's indigenous or something. You know? <laughs> um, I, I wonder if some people turn to that almost as a ball almost as something to reassure themselves because what we're dealing with right now is really scary and yelling at someone that they're racist probably feels better yelling at someone that they use the term wuhan virus instead of coronavirus uh and thus they are you know demonizing asian americans or something like that that makes them feel a lot better aoc uh, alexandria ocasio-cortez probably doesn't have much that can be useful in a moment like this but she can claim other people refusing to order Chinese food is racist. Yeah, thank you, AFC. That, that's very helpful at this moment. All right. Well, let's move on to our second crazy martini now, Jim, because anytime uh, America is in a stressful situation, uh, one of the best things that we have is our ability to escape with uh, being able to focus on things that aren't so serious, like sports. Oh, wait. Uh, the NCAA tournament, as we speak anyway, uh, announced on Wednesday that the tournament for both the men and the women, college basketball, is going to go forward with no fans in the stands other than essential personnel and certain family members. Uh, you got Jason Williams, now goes by Jay Williams on ESPN today, saying the NCAA should just cancel the whole tournament. Uh, but, you know, he went to Duke, so he's used to being wrong. Uh, we'll see how this uh, ends up going in terms of the pressure. But uh, there's going to be more pressure on the NCAA and Major League Baseball. Oh, by the way, the Mariners have canceled all their home games for April already because of the virus being uh, in and around the Seattle area. The NHL is looking at this carefully. And now the NBA suspending the season as of last night because one of their players, Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz, has tested positive for the virus. In fact, uh, the game he was in against the Oklahoma City Thunder last night was called just a few minutes before tip-off. Here's CBS reporter Dana Jacobson, formerly of ESPN, explaining the story. And you see the teams heading back to the locker room. Just before tip-off in Oklahoma City's packed Chesapeake Energy Arena, referees huddled on the court as players were told to return to their locker rooms. The game tonight has been postponed. Shocking news for the NBA. Utah Jazz center Rudy Gobert had tested positive for coronavirus. Just three days ago, he jokingly grabbed microphones at a press conference, poking fun at the NBA media policies, which had required reporters to stay at least six feet away from players 
players. Shortly after the game was canceled, the NBA announced the suspension of the season. And we don't know when it'll come back. Uh, they certainly hope to have it back, and they certainly hope to have a postseason. Obviously, a lot of money on the line here, Jim, but uh, when you've got a player testing positive, you assume that they're going to force him into the uh, self-quarantine. Uh, and if one team has to do that, it's not really fair for the other teams to uh, have to play that team at that point. So it makes sense on uh, on a fairness level, but uh, you have to wonder just where the, this cancellation is going to end here, whether it goes to the NCAA tournament. You've got... I don't know, dozens at least, it seems, universities now sending all the students home for the rest of the semester, extended spring breaks, online learning. We'll see what uh, extent that actually consists of for the next few months. But it's affected uh, a lot of different areas of life now. It's not just where you think it's going to hit. It's, it's hitting everywhere. Yeah. Uh, as we are speaking, Greg, Major League Soccer has announced that it is suspending its season because of the seriousness, I'm going to spare the usual joke. Nobody watches soccer. Uh, if you're a soccer fan, I'm sure you're you know, sad and frustrated by what's going on here. Um, my summary of, of the morning jolt today was last night was a long year. Right. Uh, it felt like every couple of minutes, you, some rather significant development was, was coming across your social media feed or television. Um, right as I was putting the, the boys to bed, I got you know, reports of people saying something odd was going on at the... Uh, uh, the jazz game that things had not started on time and there was no explanation of what was going on. And I put out a little uh, gif image of the X-Files, you know, something mysterious is happening. Well, apparently they found out that he was positive, like right before tip off. I mean, the ball was in the ref's hands, you know, five players from each team were on the court. They were ready to go. Team doctor runs in and says, this is testing positive. And I believe I saw right before we logged on, Greg, that one of his teammates has also caught the coronavirus. You can't have guys sweating over each other and bodies bumping into each other and, and you know, uh, you know, inhaling and exhaling very rapidly, you know, face to face in circumstances like this. Um, this feels like it's just a sequence of dominoes. I, I don't know if the NCAA tournament is going to go on. Because the NBA, just as we said, just said, the Major League Soccer, my understanding is that National Hockey League is having a meeting today. They're going to evaluate this. The idea of all of us having to self-quarantine and avoid large gatherings and all that stuff looks somewhat manageable if we were going to get March Madness and if things were going to go on. We'd, you know, stay home like couch potatoes and, and watch our sports and Netflix our things instead of going to the movies. And, you know, it'd be like a extra week of spring break or an extra week of sick days. You know, we just kind of hang around for a bit. This would be manageable. This is starting to look a lot more serious, a lot more frustrating. I think, you know, the, the sports leagues are in the same situation we are, kind of feeling their way through this, uh, trying to figure out how to calculate just what behaviors are high risk and which ones are acceptable risk. I, I just want to say, you know, Greg, it's a really weird set of circumstances when you feel like you're getting more information about breaking news in a public health crisis from ESPN than you are from CNN. <laughs> Jim, I know we're not supposed to politicize the virus, but is there any sort of uh, poetic irony that China ruined the beginning of the NBA season and now is destroying the end of it? <laughs> yeah, maybe they won't like China now. All right. Well, let's move on to our final crazy martini now, also related to the coronavirus, because again, last night, breaking news, we got a statement from Tom Hanks and his wife, Rita Wilson. They're in Australia doing pre-production for a movie about Elvis. I think Tom Hanks is playing Colonel Tom Parker and that sort of thing. But anyway, that's not the point. Uh, he says, hello, folks. Rita and I are down here in Australia. 
We felt a bit tired, like we had colds and some body aches. Rita had some chills that came and went, slight fevers too. To play things right, as is needed in the world right now, we were tested for the coronavirus and were found to be positive. Well now, what to do next? The medical officials have protocols that must be followed. We Hanks will be tested, observed, and isolated for as long as public health and safety requires. And so, Jim, uh, this is interesting on a number of levels. First of all, they're not in the United States. They're in Australia, which we know has had uh, previous cases. It also tells us that you don't have to feel like you just got run over by a Mack truck and you can't get out of bed uh, to have this. So it reminds us that a lot of people are going to have fairly mild versions of this, which is going to make folks really antsy about uh, deciding to uh, stay down when they aren't feeling that crummy. Right. I mean, this is this is generally spring allergy season. You know, depending on where you are in the country, the pollen is starting to you know bloom. Usually, at this time of year, you're going to get a lot of people are get ordinary colds and sniffles and, and stuff like that. And everybody's going to be thinking, what if this is something much more serious? Um, by the way, apparently, just as we're speaking, just an update to what we're talking about a moment ago. It's now coming across. The NHL is likely to announce they're suspending the season uh, later this afternoon. This is the breaking news. Three martini lunch. This is incredible. Well, this this thing is <laughs> happening so darn fast. Anyway, uh, regarding Tom Hanks, you know, again. Because of his performances over the years, there are probably lots of Americans, even if they've never met Tom Hanks, feel like they know him, feel like they have, you know, that they, you know, they just they feel like he's their friend. He always seems like a nice guy in his acceptance speeches and, and so on. Um, and as one person said, oh, well, wait a second. If Tom Hanks got this, we're going to find a cure to this in about a month. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think things are going to shake out that way. It'd be wonderful if it did. Uh, look, you know, the, the chances are Tom Hanks, I looked it up, he's, you know, probably in his late 50s, uh, but he'll, he'll probably be fine. Um, he's going to get the best care. Uh, I think the odd thing is the possibility of two jazz players having this. Uh, Tom and Rita Wilson, there's a Maria Cantwell staffer. All the different people who are uh, report, coming up positive, who are thankfully not being hospitalized in the ICU and not having a, a terrible set of circumstances who don't know, who are not, you know, haven't been to Wuhan recently, uh, haven't been traipsing through Italy, you know, that suggests this is floating around a lot. And that is both bad news and that is both good news. It is bad news if for everyone who's trying to self-quarantine. It is, you know, the possibility that you've already interacted with someone who has the virus is, is you know, now not outside the realm of possibility. Again, I'm not a doctor. I don't play one on TV, you know, consult your, your doctor and other stuff, but... Um, we have this, you know, there's a chance it's out there. Now, if it's out there and no, most people are having very minor symptoms or no symptoms, well, that's a good sign. That's a sign that we are, um, we are, you know, the, most people are going to get this. They're not going to have it and all that stuff. Bad news is they could very well be sharing it to people who are immunocompromised or who are elderly or who are going to be in a set of, a set of circumstances. I feel like this is a day of decision. I think, the, you know, the state of the country, the beginning of the week and the state of the country, the end of the week are, are just going to be completely different places. And I think we have to, you know, we'll just we're just to take it day, one day by day, adjust as needed. You know, we will get through this. Um, it's just, you know, we are we are probably in for a spring that none of us are ever going to forget. That's probably right. I'm just wondering if people are going to come to the conclusion that, look, no matter what precautions we take, it's still going around. And for most people, it's not that bad. And business owners, particularly those who have uh, employees that can't functionally telework, depending on what the business might be are going to conclude that uh, all of the precautions aren't necessarily 
going to be required. And uh, if, if people's bottom lines are uh, truly uh, headed towards the dumper here, uh, that that's going to be a factor here, too. It's going to be very interesting to watch. Yeah, yeah. Interesting is one word for it. Isn't it, isn't it a Chinese <laughs> curse that you live in interesting times? <laughs> it is. It's always the Chinese. Yes. <laughs> China. Jim, we'll see what tomorrow holds. Talk to you then. See you tomorrow, Greg. Jim Garrity, National Review. I'm Greg Columbus, Radio America. Thanks very much for being with us today. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Please leave us a kind review. And join us again Friday for the next Three Martini Lunch.